Hello guys, gals, and non-binary pals. I'm your host, Taylor, and this is Winnin' Forks, a weekly Twilight podcast where two 20-something lesbians ruin everything you love about the international best-selling series by Stephanie Meyer. Thanks for tuning in. actually done with twilight that's crazy but we'll never truly be done with it oh for sure we will never truly be done with twilight we will never be free from the clutches of miss meyer unfortunately and i kind of hate that we'll get through it bestie together for sure so how are you feeling about this epilogue let's just jump right into it because we got some discussion questions to do like what were you thinking so i do like that we have essentially like the scene in the movie that it ends on because I do really like the final scene in the movie which we'll talk about when we obviously watch the film but I remember reading the end of the book and I was like oh my gosh like we didn't have any of like the dance scene none of like the teasingly gonna change her type stuff and then we got to the epilogue and I'm like oh we did have that it's just tacked on at the end which I thought was interesting but it was like, you know, a cute little cliche of like the dance. I mean, Bella was very much not like girl, other girls in it up, which was a bit annoying, but it's a teen book. Like, what do you expect? We're going to have to have them be in formal wear at some point. Let's dive into some of my favorite details from this because we were discussing this a little bit before we started recording and not a lot happens, but it's a long ass epilogue. <laughs> like nothing really goes down, but Yet she says so much. (laughs) But I do love that Bella describes her hair as being in elaborately styled curls because like, no offense, I don't think that that's true. I don't think that she has the capability to elaborately style her hair. Tell me if you disagree with that. No, I don't disagree with that at all. Like Bestie, I just, I can't imagine you are beauty blogging it up beautiful girl but I don't think that's your skill set just I'm not buying it um also the fact that apparently Edward's never worn black before around her that's so interesting because he's uh, so he's so depressing right I say as a depressed person right so I'm but even, like, like even yeah. taking the emotion out of it that's just a convenient color to wear yeah it's I just like it works it's I don't know he's just weird but I guess Alice probably wouldn't um have wanted him to wear that and I'm like all right I just thought it was so funny I'm like he there's mm, I ain't buying it he's he's worn black before like come on black v-neck that's the easiest outfit you could ever begin to wear um the fact that she's in a cast Mm -hmm. And wearing a heel sounds like an extremely stupid combination to me. She should have been in like a flat or something. Like a heel and a boot? Like you are setting my girl up at this point. I know. It's like, why would you do this? I mean, this whole entire thing is something that we've kind of talked about, I feel. I could be wrong, but it's just like, I mean, a lot of people like to talk about Rosalie being like oh Rosalie pushes yada 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 onto Bella and makes it like it's Bella's fault that she's human and she's not and it's like I mean Edward puts her through these milestones he thinks are beneficial even when she doesn't want them and then Alice dresses her up as like 
a Barbie Sorry, if she knows Barbie. she doesn't like it. Right, guinea pig Barbie. <laughs> right, guinea pig Barbie. And it's like, I just, I never understand that logic of thinking because she's very uncomfortable, but because she, you know, adores Alice, she's going to do that. But that's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. But she is, listen, she's a little dramatic about it all. Like, she is pissed that he's taking her to the dance. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, girl, it's going to be fine. Yeah, it's so dramatic, though. But, like, the fact that he got mad that she got mad, and it's like she told you she didn't want to go in the beginning. But she is sulking up a storm. I'm like, shake your ass. Have a good time with the girlies. True. Fine. It's going to be fine. She's just so mad about it. Um, I do love that Charlie still hates pretty much every colon except Carlisle. I just like still find that so funny. It's extremely funny. Considering it's, they're related. Like, what do you mean? Like the utmost respect for Mr. Carlisle colon. I love it so much. He's so in love with him. He wants to ask, he wants to ask him out so bad. I would ship it so hard. Like, listen, Esme can be there too. Like, I'm all for a thruple. Honestly, that would make this book so much spicier. Yeah, for sure. I do love that Bella cries when she's mad because that's a big mood right there. Like, he's like, why are you crying? Like, we're at prom. She's like, because I'm mad. And I respect that. I don't just cry when I'm sad. I more often will cry when I'm frustrated or angry. And so, once again, Bella and I are kindred spirits. Yeah, I was just like, here we go. We were just... We were doing so good in the last two chapters. And then but again, they had to remind me who Edward is as a character, and I just didn't like it. It's like you're putting her through these human experiences that you think that she should be going through, even though she told you she didn't want to do it. Like, I left my prom early because I didn't want to be there. Like, does that mean I missed out on an experience? I barely remember it. I literally got dressed. I went. I took pictures. I got bored, and I left. Yeah. Like... Prom is not like this effervescent, using a Twilight word, um, <laughs> this like magical thing. Like people who enjoyed the prom so much really peaked in high school. Like it's not that deep. It's true. It's like, it's so overhyped, but and yeah. There's never really any food. It, that's a great point. It's there always drink and no food. It's like, what the fuck? Y'all ration it or something? Like, give me the fucking food. Feed me, bitch, if you want me to stay here. Um, I do love the lines. This is actually maybe one of my favorite exchanges in the book. Um, do you want me to bolt the door so you can massacre the unsuspecting town folk? Where do you fit into that scheme? Oh, I'm with the vampires, of course. I love that because not only does it kind of like draw on like the typical vampire that you like saw in pop culture at least before twilight you know the very classic dracula vampire mm-hmm. but we get some edward sass we get some bella sass like i love that exchange i think it's so funny and i don't think they have that in the movie and i wish they would have kept that line like that exchange so i think it's hysterical no for sure um i don't like that line but i'm just okay gonna say- okay let's why don't you shoot me down no, I don't like it, but it's because of something that I know that we haven't touched on yet. So. Oh, share with it, class. Um, there's something similar to that instance in Midnight Sun from Edward's perspective. Oh, okay. I haven't read Midnight Sun yet. Big no, fan. I haven't. Re- I only read the first four chapters and I hated it. And so now I've been waiting until we could t- 
touch on it, but ah, okay. I'm like, it's not funny. Okay, valid. <laughs> From Bella, it would have been funny. It's funny because she doesn't know. You know? Okay, I see. But. Yeah, I see what you mean. Okay, that's valid. That's a valid point. We do have Jacob trying to steal his girl, though. And I, ooh, spicy. Spicy. He, we he never... doesn't, though, because he's so uncomfortable being there. Like The fact he just shows up to this prom, it's not his. And it's like, hey, I got to talk to Bestie. And I was like, ooh. No, it's so funny and sad, though, because when I was reading it, he literally is uncomfortable. It's de- it's definitely different from the movie. The movie makes it, he seems a little bit more cooler. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, I'm kind of neutral. But in the book, he's, like, super uncomfortable. And, like, they're dancing, which I wish they could have done in the movie. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just loved it. It was so sad because he's like, oh, I don't want to be here, but... My dad promised that he would get me some parts for my car. And she's like, well, I want you to get your parts. So just tell me, like, it doesn't matter. And I'm like, oh, my God. They're like a wholesome friendship. And honestly, it kind of sucks that they did make it into this love triangle, even though that's obviously, like, was the main selling point back then. Because they're such cute friends. I know. This is where I was like, Stephanie Meyer is going to fucking jail. I'm literally, I'm fbi open the fuck up like because she's like so oblivious at this point and she's like oh but i'm glad you're here you know you see anybody you like yes um, and he's like i do but she's taken and i'm like fuck fuck i hate you i hate this i hate everything about my life like oof, kind of smooth though kind of smooth though you said it's so sad no, but it's still like, ooh. ooh. Right. It's just like, he said it's so sad. And she was just like, oh, 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 well, yeah. And there's a moment there. She recognizes that there's a moment there. Yeah. And it's just like, uh. And then, you know, he's like, well, there's another part, but I don't want to say it because it's the worst part. And she's like, just say it. It's fine. And he's like, oh, yeah. Well, dad said, oh, you know, we'll be watching you. Like, it's so bad, right? And I'm like, he's so pure. He's so pure at this point. Hey, like, boyfriend, because my dad told you to. Yeah. And I'm just, I just hated everything. And then Edward is just so fucking annoying. He's just he's like, like, I'm so insulted that he called you pretty because you're not just pretty, you're beautiful and ravishing. I'm just like, right, shut But it's up. like, Jacob knows that she's in a relationship at this point and he's not a douchebag at this point. So he's not going to say that. Like, it was just so Shut funny. up. Like, oh my God. And Bella is pretty. The thing that I have an issue with is he's always calling Jacob annoying when it's Billy who is putting Jacob up to this. Jacob at this point doesn't know anything. And he knows he doesn't know anything because he's stated it before. So why are you putting the blame on Jacob when it's his father that has the beef with you at this point? Like, just shut up. Yeah. Um, I, I like that we have the word twilight mentioned twilight oh, yeah mm-hmm. another ending again i was like oof i love when you say the title in the dialogue love that shit live for it um and then finally this epilogue kind of ends with bella thinking she got all dressed up to be turned into a vampire <laughs> bitch no it's just not happening um and then it ends with him putting his lips on her neck and then Ooh, what's gonna happen? I mean, I already know, but the reader of the book might not. It was just so weird that he's like 
thinking that what she wants is like ridiculous and it doesn't make sense to me because again I don't understand how he thinks this relationship can sustain itself when one of you has a huge power imbalance over the other and she even recognizes that because she said well you're a thousand times stronger than me that's the only reason why I'm here at prom and it's like ah! right if he was a normal guy she wouldn't have gone because he wouldn't have gotten her to go like it's just weird like and also she said that she's in love with you she said she was in love with you before you guys even you guys didn't even go on a date yet she's been into you and you just think it's so asinine that she wants to be with you forever you're now an immortal vampire you've met someone like and you haven't had a girlfriend or a partner for all this time so what did you what did you expect i don't understand it <laughs> Yeah. I understand it. Yeah, I feel that. Um, okay, should we do some discussion questions? Some golden discussion questions that came in the back of your book. Oh yeah. I'm so here for it. I'm okay. so here for it. <clears throat> I feel like I'm taking a literature class. Yeah. And I am, because this is literature. This is fine art. Okay, so temptation is a major theme in Twilight. More accurately, resisting one's temptations. Discuss the subplot of Carlisle's job as a doctor in relation to this major theme. How well does he handle temptation? What do you feel would be the most difficult part for him in his role? And why does he remain working as a doctor when the Colons don't seem to need his income? Ajay, yeah. thoughts? <laughs> Ajay, thoughts? Oh my god. Yeah, with the class? Um, well, class participation? <laughs> well, when it comes to the subplot of Carlisle being a doctor, I do think it mostly has to do with how he views himself. It's just a bunch of religious trauma. He just views himself as a monster, so he feels that saving lives is a way to redeem himself. And he, instead of taking lives, is saving them. Yeah. And I think that's very noble. However, I don't think he handles temptation well in regards to vampirism because he turns all these people without their consent because he feels that they would make a good addition to his family so i feel like temptation in the way of blood is obviously a different thing but in regards to selfishness i feel like it's not cohesive does that make sense it's, it does his, because... his temptation comes out in other ways to be a doctor, you kind of have to have a god complex. Like, I respect doctors 100%, but when you're becoming a doctor, you're literally putting someone's life in your hands. You're training to be that person that might be the bridge towards life and death for someone. And so that's what he does as a doctor and what he's done as a vampire and the uh, patriarch of this family. So while I think he's really good at his temptations in regards to blood he's not he hasn't been great track record wise of his temptation of um turning people like it's very much again god complex because he views s turning these people into vampires as saving their lives but he hates being a vampire yeah i agree it's like very convoluted because he yeah. He's saving them, but he also, and I think we find more about this 
correct me if I'm wrong, but in the next couple of books, how he views it as like eternal damnation and how he's like damning them for eternity, but also saving their lives. Like it's very interesting, which honestly like is a really cool, almost like moral philosophical argument that I wish we would have dove into, which like we didn't, obviously. We know who wrote this book. We understand what this series is about, but I think it does raise some really interesting questions. And like, I think you raised some really interesting points about how his temptation isn't necessarily with blood because I feel like he's lived so many years he like knows how to suppress that and control it by now but it's do I let this person you know pass away or do I help them continue living but like take away their choice if they don't want to live forever like it's so it's a very interesting point so I think that the fact that he's a doctor is like a really cool career choice honestly because it raises a lot of questions yeah Yeah. I definitely agree and this kind of goes into the next question but I feel like he's also a doctor because he's trying again to live this normal life but nothing about them is normal which is kind of why it annoys me a little in regards to how Carlisle and Edward and sometimes even Rosalie even though she isn't that big of a like nuisance like I feel sometimes they are no offense to Carlisle or anything but he works as a doctor because he's trying to have as much as a normal life as possible and it's like you can't do that when you have all of these advantages as a vampire like you don't sleep you don't eat you have all of this money previously you can move at the drop of a hat you have all of these resources like not many people have that and also they're immortal they can't get sick they can't get into any kind of accidents it's like when you're playing the sims right you could be the most broke down college student right living on ramen noodles and have like 50 cents in your bank account but on sims it's like you're a rich millionaire and you have all these resources handed to you and it feels like a fantasy and because it is a fantasy so i feel like him being a doctor contributes to that fantasy as well. Like he has that God complex quality to himself because he hates his existence. But at the same time, he knows that his existence as a vampire, just like Edward gives him these advantages in life that normal people wouldn't have. Mm -hmm. And it's something that he enjoys kind of in a way. Question. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think it like, and it goes to, goes along with like whenever you know you're turned I think that your like you know qualities that you have are just intensified so I feel like that makes a lot of sense that he would have chosen doctor like for this Mm -hmm. this path the Cullens live act and care for one another as a family how much of their ability to do so is dependent on Carlisle's rule that they live in a manner that contradicts their nature hunting animals instead of humans, do you think that they would be able to maintain their bond if they weren't all committed to his plan? Probs not. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up about probably not. But I have a lot of feelings about this question because it's my favorite aspect of the book. I like love a chosen family story. Love mm-hmm. them. And I think this is like such an like it's such a cool one in a way. Because it's these people from all of these different, you know, of history and like around the globe and it's like cool that they live together you know in this one place and do have that like common value and do kind of look after each other in a way I wrote an entire essay on this once (laughs) and it was published in a book thank you very much but about how their bonds with each other they're important because it's like things that they need from each other I mean obviously 
you know, I've done a lot of like character exploration with Esme because she's my favorite. And she obviously had a very tragic past with like her son dying and things like that. So the fact that she now can like step into this role of like a mother and like care for these other people, I think is really like wholesome and just like, it's just neat. Like, it's just a neat way to, I don't know. It's like, there's something beautiful about that. How they find something that they need in each other and it's not traditional by any means and it's like very complex and maybe even a little fucked up sometimes but there is something really like beautiful about it you know what I mean I don't know I just really like it (laughs) um I feel like I said it kind of relates to the other thing is they're trying to connect to their humanity I mean that's why they continue to go to school all the time it's not because they want the social interaction because they have no fucking friends outside of their own circle it's because they want the familiarity of being around humans and have that be kind of like their conscience and so I mean even when Jasper and Alice came to live with them they were I mean Carlisle made them get married because they were together like they wouldn't have done that had they not joined Carlisle's coven so to answer the question um I do think it's dependent on them being within Carlisle's circle because I mean when Alice had that vision she knew that she was going to join Carlisle's family which is why she tried to prepare herself to become a vegetarian um she wouldn't have otherwise done that if Carlisle wasn't in the picture so it's very much contingent on them all living together and being around other humans that they get some kind of um semblance of normalcy and feel like they're actual human beings for it to work because if they live by themselves long enough they would begin to lose that I feel yeah totally yeah it's like almost holding each other accountable too in a way like and I like the I like your point about how it connects them to their humanity to be around people because it's like oh they are actual people like they're not that different from us they're not just food like (laughs) they have you know thoughts and feelings and so I I agree with you that that's like a really major part of this like dynamic which is interesting because them being around humans also just kind of just shows you that they don't understand humans at all because I mean hello Edward has all these medical degrees and can read minds and yet he still has no semblance of social cues or how to interact with anyone and it's like "Mm, maybe we should make some friends yeah seriously but okay one last question let's wrap let's wrap up twilight the book shall we yeah i'm here for it edward has tasted bella's blood do you think it will make it harder to resist bella specifically her blood will the fact that he is able to control himself make bella want to be changed into a vampire do you think that it is fair of her to ask him do you think it is fair of him to refuse Ooh. Ooh. question. Wow, there's so many questions within this. Okay. Do you want to go first or should I? Let's tackle one at a time. Yeah. So do you think that because he's tasted Bella's blood, it's gonna make it harder to resist her? And do you think the fact that he was able to resist is gonna make Bella want to be changed more? I think absolutely on the second of on the second part of that, Bella's like, oh shit, you really do love me now. Now yeah. there's no going, there's no getting rid of me again. 
Yeah. There wasn't before, but there's a really not now. You are locked in. I'm so sorry, Edward. You were locked in forever. Yeah. I think the fact that he's tasted her before, I don't think it's going to make it harder. Like, I know he knows how, you know, tasty she is. <laughs> and I think the fact that that was such an intimate experience and the fact that he could control himself is going to almost like reinforce that he's like if I can do it once I can do it again you know what I mean yeah like he's gotten past that hurdle like his worst nightmare has already kind of come true kind of thing which I 100% agree with just because you know of the loss that I endured this year like yeah the the ways in which I lost one of my dads was like my worst nightmare and it came true so now it's like nothing can touch me yeah kind of thing so yeah I don't think it'll make it harder I think it's gonna help because now he knows what it's like and he can adjust you know yep and then do you think that it is fair of her to ask that of him do you think it is fair of him to refuse now i've got something to say about this (laughs) i do too yeah do i think it is fair of her to ask that of him no actually i don't think it's fair of her to make him feel uncomfortable in regards to him changing her himself. Yes, because that's of, exactly what I was gonna say. Because of how he feels. I do not think that that is fair. Yeah. However, I don't think it is fair of him to refuse her based on his personal experiences because the whole problem that I have with him is the fact that he continuously puts his experiences onto Bella as if she is not her own person with her own life and with her own experiences. She doesn't view vampirism as a curse. She views it as a way to be with somebody that she loves and for him to try to manipulate her to not want those things, but then still act as a presence in her life, knowing that he doesn't want that for her and is actively refusing it is wrong it's like you can't have your cake and eat it too either you need to have a conversation about it and be like hey bella i don't want to change you i don't want you to be changed and you guys need to go your separate ways or you need to like work on yourself and realize hey i want to be with this person and their experiences aren't my experiences i need to honor what they want and you don't even have to change her that's the thing but it's the fact that she wants to be changed at all that he has a problem with and that's not his decision to make yeah i agree with you honestly 100 percent. like i don't think it's fair for her to be like you have to be the one to do it because like that's not you know you shouldn't be forced into it either but it's her yeah. choice whether to take that leap or not right because I've seen the discussion of, oh, you know, Bella shouldn't have asked that of him. Kind of also that in terms of like virginity, people have said like Bella was pressuring him and how he wanted to wait until marriage, which I think is completely valid. Like I don't blame, I don't blame him or think that that's weird at all because that's his personal feelings in regards to that. However, when it comes to vampirism, at least it's like you both have made the decision to be in each other's lives. And it's already been proven time and time again that Bella being a human is a detriment to your relationship because it can go one of two ways. So keeping her vulnerable like that, but still, like I said, having this presence in her life, making it seem like you guys are going to be on equal footing, if not now, then later down the line, is wrong. Yeah. 
because you have no way of knowing until she is actually a vampire. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, totally. So it's like if you guys both made this decision to be together, you need to fulfill that because there's no way you can sustain that relationship. Yeah, it's like a, a something you have to figure out one way or the other. Like you don't don't leave the room until you figure it out. This is too important. Right, exactly. Yeah, I just think they were both pretty selfish in what they want and they're both trying to get the other to comply. Yeah. And that's kind of how I that's also something I feel that is the most teenager about this as well Um, because it's so like such an adolescent thing to um try to get your boyfriend your girlfriend your significant other to like compromise and do what you want and be like you're insane and just kind of like butt heads constantly on something like that even though it's such a life or death situation you know yeah Um, yeah I think that's also something that's like the most teenager Um, yeah definitely i definitely feel like in regards to this series um or this book um there have definitely been some elements there have not been a lot but there have definitely been some elements in which i can see the adolescent of this relationship so Mm -hmm. i do like that because sometimes it feels like they're just like this old married couple and it's way too And that's why I'm like, uh, exactly. Like, this is not it, you know? It combines, like, such old-timey, like, thoughts and feelings with these, like, very modern situations, which is kind of funny sometimes. Yeah. So Maybe. I would like to say, since we finally finished the book, Taylor, what are your final thoughts on this book? Like, give me all the tea. Give me all of your oh. like, misgivings and things like that. Because, I mean, we finished it. We're done. We did it, Joe. We did it, Joe. Thank God. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. This book was not it. Yeah, <laughs> it just was so long for no reason. It was so. Yeah. That's not to say there were not moments I liked because I did. I really did, and I think it's you know it's just like it's iconic. That's why we're doing the podcast for it. And yeah, I had we're, talking we're Twilight about stands it. at the end of the day, and yes. you know what? We put our time, our money, our blood, sweat, and tears into this saga for pretty much our entire lives. So we are yeah. allowed to say. I that. don't think this. Well, I shouldn't say that. I don't know. However, I'm not sure that this book would take off the way that it did were it published today. Oh, 100 percent. I don't think it would have had that impact. I don't think so either. I think it was a moment in culture and it really captured that for better or for worse. It, we're nostalgic about it and that's okay. But then when you, when you go back and read the source material, you're like, oh, <laughs> okay. This is what it really is. Yeah. Now that we've actually read the first book, what is your opinion? I mean, we've talked about this before, but since we've actually gone through it now, what is your whole stance on the fact that people say that the, not that the book is better than the movie, but it's, in terms of the book has more detail and or like story i don't think it does i, think I don't either, however i do think that bella's character is a little bit more three-dimensional in the book a little bit more yeah a little because she has and i've seen this argument a lot and i agree with it after reading the book again she is a little sassy like she does have quips whereas in the movie you don't see a lot of that which is fair enough like you can't really blame anyone for that when you only have, you know, 
two hours to do the movie and you have a lot more pages and you are like speaking from her point of view like pretty directly at the end of the day it's pretty true it's pretty true to what the source material was yeah that's what i'm saying as well I, i i've seen a lot of quips about that and i'm like what are you guys talking about it hits every single point the only thing is is that they're not having these long ass like redundant conversations because i mean the movie is two hours, right? We didn't even meet James we, until chapter 17 of 24. The movie has to go fast. So that means that the majority of the book was about nothing. <laughs> like, I would 100% agree. I, for me, this has definitely been an experience. I definitely did enjoy having more time in Bella's head, you know? And like you said, having her be a little bit more three-dimensional. She is funny. She does have her little quips and qualms. Um, it's just the book irritated me (laughs) Um, because it just makes me appreciate Robert Pattinson and his portrayal of Edward so much more. And I also really love that Melissa Rosenberg, who wrote the script, um, what she did with Edward's character in the movies, because he is unbearable in this book. I just, I don't understand the appeal of him at all from reading it. I do think he does have a little bit of personality here and there, but in regards to the movie, honestly, if Rob hadn't played Edward, I don't think I would be a stand of Twilight. Um, Just because he really like, while Edward is so annoying, and the little material that he did have within the movies, I'm glad about because they really watered him down um, because he is absolutely unbearable in this book. Yeah. And I, also, I know it only gets worse from here. <laughs> like, yeah, Which I also wanted to say, like, we'll talk about this more when we talk about the movie, of course. But I do, I, I do think we need to give some credit as much as we, I think, laugh about it sometimes because there were some choices made in the movie. <laughs> yeah. About. But the fact that Catherine Hardwick like took this and made that out of it the one thing I really love about the movie is how specific it feels and how lived in it feels especially the first one and I think we lose that a little bit after the first movie the first movie feels so classic teen movie I feel like I'm there I know the blue coloring is something that's talked about a lot but I think it's really important for grounding us in this town in this space and I think that yes obviously this when the first one blew up which no one thought it was gonna do well at all like that's just the fact the studios did not understand that teen girls are like the primary consumers suburban moms and teen girls run culture and that's the truth that's that's the fact of the matter and so when studios started realizing that they gave it so much more budget. They gave it so much more attention. And I think as much as I love all of the movies, and I do, I love them in their own way. There's something so special about that first one because they were working on like a shoestring budget with like pretty much unknown people and having Captain Hardwick, who I think really does understand this book and what people love about it. Like, I just want to give like her credit and everyone who worked on that first one credit because I think that they took this book and they made something that lasted if that makes yeah. sense yeah i 100 i want to say we love I, we love film rants <laughs> yeah if um going back to what you were saying in regards to if this book came out now it wouldn't have done so well um i 100 percent agree 
especially like I said, going back to the character of Edward, I feel like the reason why he's so well loved is because we read this as children. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, like when you look back on some of the things that you've watched, it's it's very much like that. For example, the movie Sleepover with Alexa Vega and oh, Brie Larson yep. and Sarah Paxton. That is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I watch it all the time, but if it was made today, it would, no, I would not like it because, I mean, just the, some of the themes and just some of the things that happen in it, no. And so in regards to like the character of Edward, he 100% would not be someone people deemed irresistible and charming and no. anything like that, at least book version, um, because wow, textbook textbook manipulation and narcissist 100%. Yep. Very true. How did you feel about his characterization? Oh, trash. I've never been, I mean, I lied and told people that I cared if it was team Edward, team Jacob. I used to like, I didn't care. I was a lesbian since I was young and I just didn't realize that. And I was like, why don't I care? I pretended that's never been what's drawn me to these books. And I'm so transparent about that. So I, I knew it was going to be trash and then it was trash. So I was not surprised. <laughs> oh my God. I wish I was you. I was, I was like, where's Esme? I'm like 12 years old. I'm like, where's the MILF? And like, oh why? my God. <laughs> and I didn't, and I was like, I think I'm probably still straight. Like that was hilarious of me. Oh, that was no. really cute. I was like, what, why don't I give, why don't I care? Well, honey, you got a big storm coming. Right. No, I was aggressively straight. I mean, when we went to see Breaking Dawn, my shirt said Team Esme. I didn't yeah. say anything else. So like we, like I didn't know, but I knew, you know what I mean? I think we should definitely talk more about Team Edward versus Team Jacob once we finally hit New Moon, because it's yeah. something that's become such a huge phenomena. And also yeah. it's because people have really kind of changed the definition of what teams mean totally. now. And I think that's something we should definitely talk about. But my final question for you, Miss Taylor Gates, is what were some of your yays and nays of this book? Oh my gosh, there were so many. I'm trying to think back because we've, we've been doing this for several months now. Yeah. Obviously, you know, I love my family scenes. I feel like that's not a surprise at all. I love every scene with Charlie too. Like, I just, God, he's such a great character. He's just so... He's such a loving father. Like, we need more fathers like Charlie. And I know that, like, he has his flaws. But honestly, that makes him more charming to me because he's not just, like, this perfect dad. Like, he has to try for it. And I just really love how he and Bella, like, have this understanding of each other, like, in a really yeah. kind of deep and, and sort of beautiful way. So I, I love everything with Charlie. Um, I, don't, I mean, school scenes were always fun. I'm very much a fan of, like, a coming of age in the school environment. Like, and, and like, they kind of dropped off after these last few chapters, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. We went, like, almost 10 chapters without them. Without them. But I did really, I love that aspect because I, I love it when, people, when things are on a small scale. And so that's why I like this first book a lot because it's so small and it progressively obviously gets bigger with the lore and the wolves, which is as fun as in its own way, don't get me wrong, but it's so like tiny and contained and so I I love the things that feel very small and like every day like very ordinary yeah. I think it's I think it's I think those parts are really fun and meshing those with the you know more outlandish aspects oh for sure Taylor what is something you didn't like it was just purely much too long yeah <laughs> it was 
scary <laughs> honest with you so much this book could have been cut by um this is generous 40 percent. yeah there could have been a lot of stuff because it was very repetitive and I don't like a repetitive book like I need I don't need the pace to be super fast. I like to take my time on the plot, but when we're just repeating stuff, then I get a little annoyed. We had a lot of repetition. What I liked was that I got to see Bella in a whole new light because I I forgot how animated she can be Mm -hmm. because I'm so used to the Kristen Stewart version because I'm going to be honest with you, I saw the movie before I read the book. Um, Like, again, I saw it on (laughs) LimeWire. So, like, I saw that, and then that was right before um, New Moon was coming out. So I'm just so used to the Kristen Stewart version in my head, even though I did read the books. So I I just loved seeing how animated she was and how funny she was. I really enjoyed that. Um, It was like, like, I fell in love with her all over again, which I really, really enjoyed. Now, (laughs) in regards to what I didn't like, I just, besides Edward, I mean, I I guess that's a given for me. I'm, like, the biggest anti-Edward person. Um, the thing that I didn't like was just how underdeveloped the lore was. Like, of course, it's the first book, but even within the information that we got, there was a lot of plot holes in regards to Alice's visions. Like, there was always something new about it. Something always was new in regards to Jasper's power. Um, just little things like that. I I didn't enjoy that at all. And that's why, again, I say that this is not a fantasy book. (laughs) Like, it's, it has fantasy elements. It's not a fantasy book by any means, um, because the majority of this book has nothing to do with fantasy. It's very much a subplot. Um, so it just, it's just kind of disappointing because it's like you're trying to get into the story and you're trying to like these characters, but then it's like every new information we got in regards to like powers or like lore in general, it was something new <laughs> with something we had already been introduced to, but not in a way where it was like, oh, Alice's visions is X, Y, Z plus this. It was like, no, Alice's visions is this. And this also happens, but it didn't connect to what we originally were told. Like it was very different. And it just kind of annoyed me, for sure, because it's like, again, plot holes. I just, even in something as small as that, you know? Yeah. Very true. I feel that. I do feel that. Yeah. So, are you ready, Taylor, for the Twilight Fun Fact of the Week, the final one of this season? I was born ready, actually. One of the differences between the Eclipse book and the movie is that Jessica was made valedictorian instead of eric oh yeah that is interesting she gave a great speech yeah it's um it's apparently because uh melissa really loved writing for anna kendrick and said that she always delivered both the emotional and the comic yeah parts of jessica so right from the first movie they like shaped her character into being like the captain of the volleyball team and all around overachiever and so like valedictorian seemed to make more sense for her character in this um medium of twilight i definitely agree with that we love we oh i love that speech we're done with season one taylor this is wow bless me with grateful i've had so much fun i'm so glad that um i suggested that we do this i can't wait until we continue to get into more mess hell yeah same i love mess in the words of marie kondo 
I can't wait until we finally watch the movie with our special guest. Oh my um, gosh, you guys are not ready for that. Just you're like... not. It's going to be a long one because it's a movie commentary. So get get into your favorite GMEs, get yourself a snack, and then oh, and... tell you to press play, press play, and you're going to have the time of your life. Yeah, you will. Wow, I can't believe that I'm saying this finally for the last episode of the season. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. And remember, when forks, always chase the twilight. Yes.